0: Ninety five, Psalm ninety five, Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 My living God. How amazing is the Lord? Praise God. Praise the Lord. Let's open up our Bibles to Psalm 95. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, is there anyone in our midst who has a long, uh, strong voice? Who in our midst has a strong voice? Who's that? Emma. Emma said that? All right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to follow up with another question, Emma. Uh, you have a loud, strong voice. Do you have a new King James version? Yes, I do. Wow. The sister has it all. Praise God. See, she's all that in a bag of chips. <laughs> Praise God with a long, strong voice. Uh, would you like to come to the mic, or you want to do it from there? Right. Psalm ninety-five, amen. Please listen uh, to Psalm ninety-five. Hallelujah My Lord, my Lord, my God. Praise God. Praise God. God is just so good. What a powerful word. Amen? Powerful word. Uh, Brother and Sister Leslie, as I commonly ask you in favor to please take me in prayer. Amen? And at the same time, I'm going to ask uh, Brother Saffo, amen, to give thanks to God for his holy and mighty word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Glory to your holy and mighty name. Glory to your holy and mighty name. Hallelujah. My My living God. My living God. My living God.
1: Mm. My
0: living God, my living God, praise God. Please take your seats. <clears throat> praise the Lord. Uh, praise God, we're missing quite a few folks today. Uh, may God be with them as well. Uh, we hope and pray that no one, as far as we're knowledgeable of, there's no one that's quarantined as far as we know. Uh, concerning our congregation, there's no one that's sick in that sense. There are people who are sick in other ways um, um, and other people who shouldn't have been stepping out today. Such as, uh, that's why we take notice of the absence of the presence of Sister Evelyn, Normally, we see her in the back. We know that she's high risk because of her ailing uh, health issues. Uh, Vivian's not with us. She had surgery this past week as well. Um, uh, this, Vivian, Vivian. Vivian, there you go. Oh, my God. Vivian, I'm sorry. I wasn't expecting you here today. But I commend you. I, I'm sorry. Listen, I, I, I enjoy the worship team. I don't, I, I don't look at the worship team because I envy the worship team. Oh, Vivian, I'm sorry. I, I didn't expect you. I apologize. I sincerely apologize. <laughs> I am so embarrassed. I am so embarrassed. Yes. Perhaps I need the surgery that you had, right? right? Perhaps I need that surgery. Hey, hey, hey. Wow, I'm so embarrassed. It's just I, 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 we communicate a little bit. I know she wasn't doing... T- no, I, 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 thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so embarrassed. It's just I didn't expect her here. Um, I, I don't know had I been here... You know, had I had had the surgery, so maybe that's where I'm coming from. So, Vivian, good to see you. Welcome back. You were just gone a few minutes. We were just talking about you. Praise the Lord. Well, Vivian, you know, you hold a special place in my heart, so that's where it comes from. How do I get back to this? Vivian embarrassed me me by showing up. How do you like that? God bless you, Vivian. Thank you so much. Uh, we have Evelyn, as we mentioned, uh, Vivian, Vivian is here, praise God. We keep praying over her and uh, we continue to pray over a few people who are not in our midst. Amen. We'll make mention of them later. Um, but uh, as far as we know, um, we hope and pray we continue right, uh, to protect ourselves um, because we do trust the Lord. We do trust the Lord, but we prepare for the worst. We prepare for the worst. Um, there are so many, so many things going on, and I'm glad that apparently, apparently, though I've spoken to some people, we have to guard and protect more or less our children's mind from becoming. Uh, uh, it, it goes into a panic. It goes into a panic. Yeah, it, it's overwhelming. You know, the news and uh, the first seven stories in Channel Seven had to do with Corona, with deaths, and um, it's reached a point that is sort of um, exaggerated. It's sort of exaggerated. Um, it's taken out of proportion. I love this thing that I received, where it showed uh, the entire map of the world, um, and it showed the coronavirus. Uh, this guy's coughing. You OK? All right, nobody panic. Everybody OK? All right, this guy just coughed. We have at least eight feet between us. I think we're fine. Can I borrow that mask? Thank you. <laughs> we have eight feet between us. Um, But um, the map, it was a world map, and what it showed was um, like a piece of the world was red, right? And it showed actual corona. It was just a small portion of the world, actual corona, uh, people affected and so on. But then it showed the next slide, and it showed fear, (laughs) fear. And corona was so small, but the fear was so large, the fear was so large. There was such fear, um, and and such fear has been created uh, in the hearts of people. So we have to guard the minds of our children, amen, but we also have to stay stable and controlled. Um, This is the type of effect that, at the moment after 9-11, the temple was packed. The temple was packed, I mean, and then slowly it began to dissipate. You know, people started going back to their regular routines after that. Um, This does and has the opposite effect, sadly. Uh, Folks in a sense, want to serve God, but they're sort of afraid of coming to church. They're sort of afraid of going out. Uh, The sad thing is perhaps many tomorrow will go back to work and other places, but when it comes to the house of the Lord, all of a sudden, hey, I don't want to be, you know, there's too much hugging there, there's too much kissing, there's too much going on there. Uh, A friend of mine sent me this week, and uh, I will only send it to you if you request um, because there's things that I put in WhatsApp, and I kind of wanted to put this, and I'm not really sure if I put it, but I really wanted to send it to a bunch of people. And it's a picture of uh, this gentleman in a supermarket. He's got bread. He's got milk. Um, sadly, you know, <laughs> pounded there's no toilet paper in that supermarket either, but he has bread, tons of it, tons of it, and he's running scared. He's running scared. Um, and as he's running scared, the caption underneath is, uh, tell them coronavirus is coming, and they prepared. Right. But then it says, tell them Jesus is coming and they do nothing. They do nothing. You tell them coronavirus is coming and they all prepared. But you tell them uh, Jesus is coming and no one has done a thing. No one has prepared in that direction. Sadly, that's true. Sadly, that's true. Sadly, that's true. Uh, Though I'm not blaming anyone of us. Perhaps between Wednesday and Thursday in this past entire week, we've gone to Costco, to BJ. We've gone to our supermarkets. Uh, We've gone out and tried to get some supplies because uh, the food chain, we're afraid of the food chain. You know, start thinking about gasoline filling up our vehicles and travel and so on. And and, and we start thinking about so many things. One one thing I never expected was toilet paper to be missing the way it is. I I really did not expect, I, I don't know if you saw it coming. You know, but i it's just, I, I'm baffled, I'm baffled, I'm baffled. You know, it's, it's, it's a mystery. It, it's a total mystery. as You know, because normally a snowstorm is coming and you hear, you know, bread and milk go, right? Supermarkets fill up, you know. Um, Acme by us, uh, for the first time, I mean, we've gone before they announced 18 inches of snow or 16 inches of snow. And it's been packed, but this time it was like the lines went up like by the yogurt aisle, by the cheese aisle, um, it was. I, I had a shopping cart. I had to leave it in the back. I was grabbing stuff by hand, you know. And and all I went in for was bread and uh, yogurt and and my health smoothies. But, gentlemen, gentlemen, important things, important things, important things. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah you and you know, I have to get. You know, one box for Nancy and Jordan, and then another box for me, and another box for me. So, you know, but, but, but I saw mayhem. I, I, it's like it was like nothing I've never seen before, nothing I've never seen before. You know, but these pictures, these views only, you know, imagine. These are things that people, we're, we're experiencing because we're living through it. We're living through it. We're we're, watch, we're actually watching this today. Yesterday, I went back to the supermarket. Things were a little more calm. But the shelves were a little more emptier and the supermarket was, you know, garbage on the floor. It was, you know, you see that mayhem has occurred. Could you imagine, God forbid, because these pictures, you know, we're witnessing this. But we're not going to witness after the rapture. We're not going to see what happens after the rapture. After the, the church is lifted up and we're in heaven, we're not going to be watching what the mayhem isn't, that's going to be left behind. But one thing we are preparing for is for the coming of our Lord coming of our Lord. Amen. So though we prepare for the worst here on earth, we don't stop trusting in the hand of almighty God to watch and care over us. We don't stop trusting in our church and this body that is present to care for one another. Because if it reaches a point that if a brother or sister is in need, I think we're going to be there for each other. We're going to be there for each other. We're going to take care of each other. We need no one to feel alone, no one to feel abandoned. There's a body here who is concerned, a body here who is filled with God's Holy Spirit, a body who is here who is thinking about your well-being, a body that's here thinking and praying upon each other. So don't feel abandoned and don't feel alone. And if you feel the need to speak, there's so many people we can speak to. There's WhatsApp, you know, you have my number, there's a conversation we can have. Don't feel alone. Don't feel alone and don't feel abandoned. Amen? Amen? And I expect the same from you. If I feel alone and abandoned, because it happens. It happens. We're so human, brother Manny. Can I do a, 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 a little plug? Amen. There's a small group of brothers and sisters well on Thursday nights that get together and we pray on a conference call. And if you need prayer or you want us to join in and pray, listen. Let me know. I'll give you the number, and we're going to talk. Beautiful. Beautiful. And I love that. They get together week after week, and um, sometimes they harass me for the prayer list, and sometimes they have their own prayer list. But the fact is that people are praying. People are praying. So there's always someone praying for you because they go down the list, and there's someone always praying for you. There's always someone praying with you. Amen? Amen? So don't feel abandoned. Don't feel alone. We're here, and we're in this together. We're in this together. Amen? So the media may come at you, but folks, let the word speak to us. Amen? In the midst of all this confusion, in the midst of all what's going on, let the Word solidly speak to us and allow us to rely on the hand of Almighty God. Amen? Amen. To care for us, to watch over us. This week, I was thinking, within my own personal devotion, my own personal prayer, right? And I was just meditating, right? And as I'm meditating, um, I thought about the fear of the fact that, you know... I can't turn to my dad. I can't turn to my mom. I have to take care of my mom. I have to take care of my sisters. You know, it, it used to be a point where where I would depend on my mother. Now it's like my mother in a sense and my sister in a sense would depend on me. Um, it, things change, right? Things turn around. And the thing is, you know what? When 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 it comes to you know showing face, I I, I have to show face for my family, for my household. I have to show family for my bills. I, you know, I have to be there. You know, we in the forefront in the fight. So the thing is, you know. What happens when the fight is no longer there? When the desire is no longer there? It becomes a concern. And I was wondering, and I was as I'm meditating, because I'm meditating in my humanness, right? Uh, I'm trusting God, and I want to trust God. But in my humanness, I was thinking, what happens when we reach for the last can of soup? What happens when we reach for the last can of soup? And it's five, six of us fighting for that one can of soup. What then? What then? And then, I, I, within my meditation, I was telling myself, Lord, my hope and prayer is that if it comes to that point, I'm still willing to share. I'm still willing to share. Because while I'm still willing to share, my Lord, I hope and pray that I am trusting in you to continue to take care of us afterwards. Amen? I hope that I still continue to trust. Because what happened to Elisha? When that brook dried up, what happened? Well, all of a sudden, the vultures, the the birds stopped bringing food. What happens? What happened when the Lord appears and the Lord tells him? How amazing is God? And how amazing is the hand of the Lord that the Lord tells Elijah, Listen, the brook is dried up. There's no more food, but there's a widow. A widow! Who's going to take care of you? A widow. See, God will move whatever is necessary to make sure of our well-being. Of our well-being. Jesus says, do not fear. Do not fear he who can hurt your body. But fear he who can take your body and your soul and put it in hell. Amen. Jesus says, don't fear. Look at the lilies of the valleys. Even Solomon couldn't dress like them. Look at the birds of the air. Who feeds them? And and, and the Lord takes care of them. And they were only worth two cents. How much more are we worth to God? How much more are we worth to God? Where God understands and even counts the hair on our heads. He is so in control, folks, and hasn't let go. We continue to trust in the hand of a God that is mighty. God that is strong. God that is strong. Amen. So we continue to trust folks. Don't give up. Amen. We keep battling forward in the name of Jesus. Listen. If. If and when. For whatever reason. If and when for whatever reason. The last can of soup is gone. I was thinking Lord. The next thing to come is I'll starve. And if I starve to death, I'll be in your presence pretty soon. It'll hurt while I get there. It'll torment me a little bit because I'm going to suffer a little bit. But I don't think we're going to reach that point. The Bible speaks of certain instructors where we believe God's Holy Spirit will come before that for the church. We're not going to suffer into that great point. I see people stock up water, tuna, soap, soups, soaps, So you know, a ton of things in the basement. I have friends like that. Listen, if you're doing so, do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. I, I, I just, you know, I have other things to do with that money right now. <laughs> I have other things to do with that money right now. But if you got to do that, you know, do that. But you know what? I, I, no matter what it happens, I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust. Amen. And if it reaches a point that, hey, listen, the last can of soup, I know how many of you guys are stocking up, so I may show up at your door with my entire family. <laughs> so get ready because here we come. Here we come. A friend of mine sent me this yesterday, which was uh, pretty interesting, and I'm going to read it as best as I can uh, because I had it translated. Uh, it says, listen to this, overnight, the world has changed. New York now sleeps. Mickey Mouse went on vacation. The NBA says no to games. The toilet paper is a treasure if it's found. No more vacations. We learned to wash our hands, finally. Kisses and hugs are not Darling or endearing, today they are contingents. Sanity gave way to hysteria and panic. And listen to this. And a virus has crowned itself as owner of the world. Owner of the world. But now listen to this. But it is not so, and there is... But it is not so, and there is something... That the coronavirus will never change. And that's the love and the mercy of Jehovah God. That will remain for eternity. May our faith not diminish. Therefore stay awake and pray. All the time that you will manage to escape from all these things that have have to happen. We've been foretold. And can stand in the presence of the Son of God at the end. Amen? Isn't that beautiful? Along with that, the title of today's message is, comes in the form of a question. What in the world might we be worshiping? Amen? In the form of a question. Ask yourself that. Can I repeat it? No. No. <laughs> What in the world, listen up, listen up, listen up. What in the world might we be worshiping? Does it make sense? Amen. What in the world might be what, what in the world might we be worshiping? Part two. If it's God, then don't hold back. If it's God, then don't hold back. I remember years ago there was a... Uh, I think it was part of Andy Stanley's message, and he would raise a question, and the question was, how in the world are you doing? How in the world are you doing? Do you remember that? How in the world are you doing? And a friend of mine, I remember, took so much offense to this all the time. Ada, Ada, uh, Ada George, uh, Ada Torres, she, she took so much offense to this. Why does this guy always ask, how in the world are you? I'm not in the world. I'm not a part of the world. I'm not a, so one day I said, uh, "Ada, you have to understand something." His question relates to the fact that, listen, we 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 are in the world. So he's asking, "How in the world are we?" It, you know, your, your heart is not a part of the world, but your physical being is in the world. So what he's asking, "Is you know, how are you doing in the world?" It doesn't mean you're living a worldly life. Your answer should be, "Oh, listen." Your answer should be, oh, if he asks you, how in the world are you doing? You say, I'm doing just fine because I'm serving him. I'm doing just fine because I'm with him. I'm doing just fine because I'm not indulging. I'm not involved. I'm not chasing after the sin. I'm chasing hard after God, after God. So we're in this world, but we're not a part of the world. So the question still stands, what in the world might we be worshiping? Because though we want to say and we hope to say that our hearts belong to Jesus, sometimes we find ourselves attached to things on the wor- in the world. Sometimes, you know what? We're trying to look up, but while we're trying to look up, it's like the sleight of hand, you know, a magician does, right? That distracts you while he does something else. You know, one thing I love about coaches in football, football coaches, they, they, they will say something utterly ridiculous. And the thing is, they cause controversy. But when they cause controversy, they do it in order to deflect the media off a bad week of football. And to bring everybody to focus on them so the team can relax. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the team can relax. And then you know what? Some, you know, he deflects the media's attention. Because Now the media's not focused on the team anymore. Now they're focused on him. And that's a coach's job, to take care of his people. See. In fact, when we're looking upon God, God is trying to take care of us. God is trying to embrace us. God is trying to love us. But at the same time, there's a world that's fighting for our attention. There's a world that's fighting for our focus. There's a world that's trying to distract us. We're trying to engage. And you know what? I don't know if it's happened to you, but it's happened to me. When this worship team prays God for each and every one of them, go into song, into the presence of God, sometimes I drift off in such a way that I lose control. And you know what, folks? My sister, my wife know me pretty well. I am actually, believe it or not, believe it or not, believe it or not, I'm pretty shy person believe it or not i'm shy when it comes to life but you know what as years have gone by i've i've been able to break that mold i reach a point that i just don't care and mostly when it comes to the things of the lord if i have to scream and somebody's gonna look at me weird or strange so be it i'm worshiping and praising the king and creator the lord the god of my salvation Is he not worthy that I act a little ridiculous so that he can be praised? When David came and he was celebrating, the Bible tells us that he was taking off his royal robes. And he was practically left in the ascosh. He was left in his underwear, in a sense. And when his wife looked at him, hey, hey. Praise God. Praise God. I'm sorry. Mm -mm. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. God is good. See, David could not hang on to himself. The problem is that there was no problem at that moment. Because the focus became God. The most important thing to David was God. He was in charge of the kingdom. He was in charge of the empire. He was in charge of the safety of the people. He was in charge of the comfort of the people. But at that moment, David was a part of the people before the presence of Almighty God. And David just couldn't hold on. David had to let go. David had to strip off his sandals. He had to take off his robe. He had to take off his crown. And he said, all this is worthless if it's not because of he who comes behind me. I have to celebrate. All this is worth nothing. I have to go before the presence of Almighty God. And I love it. Because it's as if David was saying, I can't go quietly. I can't go quietly. I can't go quietly. Do not go quietly into that good night. <laughs> Do not go quietly into the presence of God. Folks, the Bible says that demonic forces recognize him. The Bible says when his presence is present, the mountains, they tremor, they shake. We see that even the birds, they react to God. We see that the stars, the clouds, they react to God. I was telling my wife, there was a show that I had seen so many years ago, and, and, and this kid, they went to a campsite, and while they went to the campsite, You know, the kid passes by the window and all of a sudden he stops. And he glances as he's watching the sun begin to set. And as the sun is setting, he's watching the beauty. But the thing is, they're not showing the actual sunset. They're showing his reaction to the sunset. And when he's showing his reaction, he's baffled. And others kept passing by and they would stop. And they were baffled. And one guy from amongst the crowd, and I loosely quote him because I don't remember it too well. But I never forgot it, never forgot it. The guy said, you know, when you gaze into that sunset and the beauty of it, artists for years upon years, and many artists have tried to duplicate it, but nobody can duplicate what the hand of God has done. No one can duplicate what the hand of God has done. See, and in David's heart, that's his reaction. He understand that his heart had been touched by God. See, David, David understood the fact that, yes, he was king, but he was king, he was God's king. David was a king because God and his mercy and grace had called him. We may think to ourselves, hey, I'm no king, but what I have, I'm willing to shake off for the glory of God. See, and we have to look at it in twofold. Because sometimes there are part of the world that is trying to hang on to us. And sometimes th- th- there are goals ahead of us that are trying to grip us as well. See, we have to be willing to drop our past. We have to be willing to drop our future. We have to be willing to drop everything for this moment, here and now, because it's God dealing with us at this very moment. And we have to give him credit for a world, or but credit for a future that hasn't even happened. But we have to give him glory for all that has taken place. Because we have to come to the point that we realize hey, a lot of bad has happened to me. Folks, a lot of bad has happened to me personally. But when I look at the bad, and if I have to make a list, folks, make a list. Go home, make a list. Divide it in half. I like when people take these things literally, because people have. And it's a good thing. Make a list. Of all the bad things that have happened. And then truly be optimistic. Make a list of all the good that has happened. But be real. Be real. Be real. Don't punish yourself saying, oh, nothing good has ever happened. No, no. Good has happened. And then when you look at the good and the bad, put labels on them. What God has done, what I have done. What God has done, and what I have done. Because we realize most of the bad that has happened in our lives has happened because of the choices that we have made, that we have made. And even when the bad has happened, we've called out to God, and God has reached in, and by his mercy, he's brought us out. And the sad thing is, you know what? We still have something else that bad happens next because bad happens again because we, di- we decided on our own again. It's as if we didn't learn from that mistake. And we keep making the same mistake. Israel found themselves scattered abroad. Israel had reached a point and this unknown psalmist. Wow, time is going by quick. When did I start? Like five minutes ago? This unknown psalmist... He begins to preach, he begins to teach, he begins to call. This psalm is just so unknown that we don't know when this psalm was written. We don't know who wrote the psalm. We don't know the reason behind it, the feeling behind it. We don't know the emotion behind it. One thing we do know is that some of the context gives us a little hint of what's going on. We don't know, but one thing we do know is that today, in synagogues, this psalm is read in the temple on Friday nights, preparing for the Sabbath, preparing for the day of rest and it's part of their liturgy and they read it friday nights so they can prepare their minds to pick up to get ready for tomorrow because tomorrow's a day of rest folks as we look into this psalm and i'm not going to touch it all but i'm going to skim through it all especially now the psalm is a call to worship it's a call to obedience it's a call to acknowledge the presence of god If we look at what worship is, worship in simple terms, it's simply devotion, it's dedication, it's what you place value on, It could be an extreme, and it could be also exaggerated. Exaggerated. What you worship is what gives you and governs your actions and your activities. What you worship is what gives you your actions and your activities. I'll give one example, and from there we're going to continue. Amen. If we value and worship our jobs, everything surrounds what we do, work-wise, occupational-wise. If we value our jobs to the point that we speak of overtime, we speak of the money, we speak about the taxes, we speak about the government, we speak about the finances, we speak about the economy, we speak about our bosses, we speak about our our, 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 our co-workers, we speak about everything. We're stuck there. And, And then if we come to realize sometimes we spend more time at our jobs than we do at home so if we do something like that you know then our jobs our jobs can be what we worship because we devote time to it devote time to it you know and I'm not saying something like like what's happened to me what's going on with Emmanuel or what's going on with Carmen and so on you know where you know sometimes we have to work on Sundays You know, that kind of thing happens. You know, we have to work, you know, not by choice, but because if we don't go to work, we'd have no longer a job. These things do happen. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about where we don't have to be at the job during the time of the family or the Lord, and we're at the job because we're chasing after finances. We're chasing after the bottom line of our homes. See, then that becomes devotion. Um... Some people, <laughs> I know I said one example. I'm going to give one more. Some people value their cars. They worship their cars, literally, literally, literally. And, and I've given an example here of myself where at one point I bought an Audi 4000, and this is so many years ago. And when I bought that car, boy, I was hanging out. Tuesday I was supposed to be in church. I wasn't. Thursday activity I wasn't. Friday I was hanging out. You know, I, I was in that car left and right, left and right. And within a few days they stole the car. And thank God they stole it because if not, I would have lost my salvation. I remember, you know, the car didn't need cleaning, but I was cleaning it. You know, and and I would clean it just so people could see the car while I'm cleaning, because the car was gorgeous. Spanking it. Wax on, wax off, baby. That's right. I was all over that car. I was all over that vehicle. I was like cleaning left and right. What a difference to my car today, right? What a difference to my car today. I remember the girl told me one time, does the car have an alarm? And I'm very suspicious now, because then the car was stolen a couple of days ago. But she said, the car's an alarm. I said, yeah. I said, you touch it, I scream. (laughs) But I remember being on top of that vehicle. And today I have a, today, if you look at my car, it's a gray car, right? My car is gray. Actually, no, it looks gray. It's actually black. (laughs) But it looks gray because of all the dirt that's on it. I no longer dedicate, sadly, my life to my car or dedicate any time to my car, and I really should. But I have other important things to do. But the hope and prayer is that I don't treat my God the way I treat my car, Amen? I hope I give my time to God because God is worthy of time. Amen? See, the psalmist, he calls Israel into worship. In the first six verses, he uses the word come. But he uses it in three different terms when it comes to the Hebrew language. I'm not going to make an attempt to mention the Hebrew words. I'm just going to simply mention the quick definitions of the word come within But I love because in verse 1 he says, come, let us sing to the Lord. When he uses the term come in verse 1, he's speaking about a people who have been spread abroad. And he's speaking about travel, come, travel, move, come forward, make an effort. It's a hardship, but get to the sanctuary. Get to the temple. Get to the tabernacle. Get into the presence. He's saying, come, come, come. And the beautiful thing is that apparently when he is preaching, when he's speaking, because it's called the preaching, it's called the poem. He's emphasizing the fact that people had sort of began to lay back. They had become lackadaisical in their devotion and worship to God. So the idea is that people are traveling, they're coming. But even though they were present, their hearts were far from them. Their hearts were far away. See, because not everyone who is present in a sanctuary, and I don't want anybody to think I'm looking at anybody. I'll do the way Eddie Murphy does. What, what, what? Not everybody who's present in a sanctuary is present. Not everyone who is here is here. And there are some who are not here who are here. I remember, and I have to use her as an example, hermana Diepa. How old was Diepa when she passed Emma? 96 years old. And 96 years old, she had, well, let's, let's, let's rephrase that. At 93 years old, she had a Nova that was from the early 70s that had pieces that were attached to it, like with duct tape. You know, had been painted by a brush, by a brush. House paint. It was house paint that painted that car. But that lady, that lady, Hey, Tuesday she was there. Friday she was there. For Bible school she was there. She would go home and she had a leg that we still have to almost practically carry her in. And then she would we would carry her in for Bible school and then we would go home, go home we carry her back. We carry her to her car. And she would go home, come back in the evening we had to carry her back in. And whenever she would stay home, whenever she couldn't make it, she was sick, her kids would say she was crying because she wanted to be here. She was crying because she wanted to be here. Her heart was here even when she wasn't here. And at 93 or so, 92, 93, her Nova was stolen. Her Nova was stolen. You, you know what I'm saying? Her car went missing, and she cried because now how she going to get to church? Her kids were scared whenever she jumped in that Nova. Because she would jump in there, you see her, down Bristol. She was 93. She was doing 93 going down Bristol. Uh, one time I remember she went, uh, took the light, and the cops went right after her. And I called the pastor. I said, Bob, Bob, the cops went after her. Hey, so we all went chasing the cops. The cops chasing the epa, We're chasing the cops. <clears throat> and thank the Lord, the pastor was able to speak to the cops, and they didn't give her the ticket. But her heart was here even when she wasn't here. And the last two years of her life, she couldn't come here, but we would, we would constantly be at her place. We would go over. We would have services there. And, and she would, during the services at her home, she would cry. She would cry. She would cry. Because she didn't want us coming. Believe me, she enjoyed the service, but she didn't want us to have to come to her house. She wanted to come to the house of the Lord. I love that. I just love that. I love that. I love that. And her heart was here. Our founders, both as well. I remember, and I'm not going to mention much of them because you guys know why. But I remember to say that she would sit in that bench right there. And she used to come with her oxygen. <laughs> she had oxygen. And I remember I used to pass by and say, Mama, that's good stuff, man. Give me some of that. Give me some of that. Give me some of that. And she would, in her right mind, laugh and enjoy, but enjoy the presence of God Almighty. Because they knew the blessings of God were here. They knew how much God has done in this place. I love the fact that, and I said it to some of you guys, and, I'm, and he's not here, and I should have asked him for permission. But I love that Mark sent a picture out this week to me and Safo and Jose. <clears throat> and the, it was a picture of the temple, our temple, from Fine Fair's point of view. And he got me emotional. He caught me off guard. And I, I thank the Lord I had just parked in front of uh, my house when I opened the picture Because I would not have been able to drive afterwards. And it shot a picture of the temple, and it says, to anybody, this looks like an ordinary house. But then I remember, I have cried to the Lord there. Because God has been so good in the sanctuary. God has been so good in this place. God has blessed and changed and transformed lives. And if you allow the Lord to change and transform your life, God will do so. God will do so. Let the Lord change and transform your life. But make the effort and come. Come! Come! See, the psalmist knew that there was something going on in the presence of God. But he wasn't selfish about it. The psalmist was screaming to everybody, come! Come! We recording? Come! Come! Come, 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 come. Is that's to say, Psalm 133, come and see, come and taste. Come on, come on out, come on out. The psalmist is excited because God had done something within him. God had stirred him up. And perhaps he was distracted minding sheep. We don't know. Perhaps distracted tilling the ground. But all of a sudden while he was tilling, something came upon him and he started singing. Your mercy's so good. Lord. And all of a sudden he realized and he was engaged with the presence of God Almighty. And he realized how important he was to the Lord as an individual. Though at the time, perhaps there were millions of people. We're not gonna say million, billions, we don't know. But with millions of people upon the earth, he as an individual meant something to God. And who sent out this week? On what's up? It Millie was. It's amazing that God knows my name. In the midst of a billion people, God knows my name. In the midst of seven billion people, when I come before His presence, God's not hearing seven billion people at the same time. He's listening to seven billion people individually, but He's listening to me. And the amazing thing, you know what, I'm sorry, but it baffles me that I pray for something. And I know that there are billions others praying. And what I prayed for came through. What I prayed for came through. Which makes me backtrack. Ho, 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 ho. At 12 minutes, at 11, I prayed for this. On a Thursday, and here I am on a Sunday testifying that God has been good. That God has been there. That God actually heard me. But He also heard Carmen, Emmanuel, Yvette. He also heard Jesse. All right, Nancy, you want to say Nancy too? Nancy too. (laughs) He's heard us. Why, Janina? He's on that bike at Planet Fitness. He's listening to her. When she calls out for her son, Jesse. When he calls, she calls out for Violet and Amada and her husband, Jesse. He's listening to her. He's listening. The bike is going on. The bike is going on. And there's a lot of noise and many people and so much distraction. But God is listening to Janina. And he's watching over what she has prayed for watching over what he has prayed for God is just so good so the psalmist says come but you know what it's not only hey I love it because he's speaking to me too he's saying come 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 and then you know what he says this is where he throws a wrench into the issue because he doesn't say listen to me Listen, listen, you're listening. I want you all to hear me. Can you hear me? Look at what he says in verse one. "Oh, come and listen to the worshiping sing." Did you, did you see that? He just said, "Oh, come and listen to the worshiping sing to the Lord." I'm sorry, somebody correct me. He says, "Oh, come, let us sing." Let's get involved in singing. In other words, when you come to the house of the Lord, don't keep your mouth shut. Don't keep your mouth quiet. Sing and express. God is waiting for an expression of value, an expression of love, an expression of blessing to come out of your lips. And look, he doesn't leave anybody out because I want to touch the fact that he says, He says, oh, come sing, right? Sing to the Lord. But then look what, look, he does Jenny a favor here. This is a favor for Jenny. Part two of the verse says, let us shout. That's for those who can't sing. That's for those who can't sing like Jenny. He says, let us shout joyfully. That's for me. Hey, folks, I'm sorry. I have no rhythm. I can't follow the rhythm of a song. Well, I can hear the song and try to sing it and try to follow, but I can't follow the rhythm within the song. I'm tone deaf. Tone deaf. Def. F, right? <laughs> it's like I used to say, I'm going to take a bath. Bath. B A F. Take a bath. when's to bath, right? T H, right? Voice and diction. Hey, let me tell you, college taught me a lot. BCC 001. <clears throat> but see, like, you see me here. A-a-a. I'm going to be honest in the presence of the Lord. You know, they, they ask me now. I'm sorry, Les, can I say? You know, the worship team has asked me to grab a mic and worship as well. Right? And I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Because I'm not worshiping them, but I'm worshiping with them. I'm worshiping with them. I'm not worshiping you, but I'm worshiping with you. Amen? So I'm here. And I realized a few minutes ago, I went like this. And I said, honestly, honest to God, in, my, in God's presence, as I stand right here, I was doing it, and I was saying, man, I am so off-key. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so off-key in singing and in dancing. And I, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm on the honest. As I was doing that, I was thinking of Edgar, because I love the way Edgar dances in the presence of the Lord. And sometimes I'm worshiping, but I'm looking at Edgar because he said, just over, I said, this guy's got some rhythm. <laughs> this guy, I don't know, I'm sorry, man. Listen, man, this, this guy should have been born black. He's black. <laughs> he's black, he's got rhythm, boy, <laughs> that's no joke. He can stand next to Lee and groove it out, right, Lee? <laughs> he's got now rhythm. People rhythm too. Spanish people got rhythm, too. Man, these people got rhythm too, but I think Osafo and, uh, yeah, listen, 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 listen. <laughs> I love when they asked Obama, what do you think what they say about President Clinton being the first black president? Obama says, I don't know, I've never seen him dance before. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we get into that rhythm, and I was there up front, I'm like, and I'm thinking about Edgar. But, you know what, as I'm thinking about Edgar, I just said, Lord, I, I can't help it. Edgar's doing his worship back there, and I'm off beat, but Lord, it's for your glory. It's for your honor. I praise you. I exalt you. I don't care what's going on around here. At that moment, Lord, it's about you and me. It's about you and me. It's about you and me. I said, you know what? If somebody back there wants to criticize my dancing, let them criticize my dancing. Somebody wants to criticize my singing, let them criticize my singing. I'm making a joyful noise. I'm making a joyful noise. I'm shouting to God. I'm screaming out to him. And you know what? Sometimes it sounds like a hallelujah, and sometimes it sounds like a help me. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. He calls them. We're going to have to do a part two, amen? He... Uh, She thought thought that was a silent voice. She didn't realize it came out pretty loud. That's Spanish dancing, right? Spanish people talk loud, right? Praise God. Spanish people talk loud. The psalmist is excited and filled with emotion. And while he's filled with emotion, he's calling them out. Folks, when we're connected with God, and in this moment of praise, because these things happen, you know what? There are moments where I'm in such tune with the worship going on that I hope that moment will never end. Does that ever happen to you? I said, Lord, don't let this moment end. And then all of a sudden, you know what? The song is over, and I'm still feeling good, and I have to walk out of that door, and I have to go back to interact with reality, and the song becomes a little less meaningful. The song becomes a little, more, little less significant. All of a sudden, it's like the world is trying to take the song out of me. The world is trying to take the worship out of me. See, in the world, I can't see God. But through nature, I can. That's why, which we'll get into next week, it says he is even the God of the hills, even nature, even the ocean. Oh, my God, how great is God? Because even nature shouts back to me, he is Lord. They cut you off. Look at that tree still worshiping. (laughs) They cut you off. And you're like, and you want to respond, but you realize, hey, the tree's still praying. The birds are still singing. God is still God. God is still God. Stay within your worship. So the psalmist is calling them out. Come on out. You have problems. You have difficult issues. You have circumstances. You're sick. You're surrounded by corona. There's so much going on. But come on out. Come on out. Come on out. Come on out. out. In other words, come out of your circumstance, come out of your issue, come out of your problem, come out of what you're going through, you know, step out, take a leap of faith. You know what? You can't worship God where you're at. God is there, but He saying, no, 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 you got to move. You got to move. And sometimes there's such a funk, there's such a stagnation, you know, we become like a stick in the mud where we can't, no, 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 come on out, come come, come come, come come on. And the beautiful thing is that the Holy Spirit has inspired this psalmist, inspired by God's Holy Spirit, to call us out. In other words, you're coming out, you hear the voice, but it's the voice of God's Holy Spirit calling you into worship. Now that you're in worship, come here and sing. Don't waste your time when you come to the house of the Lord. Make a joyful noise. Make a joyful noise. Amen? Amen. We'll cut it here because of Sarah. (laughs) And we'll continue, God permitting, part two because of Sarah next week. (laughs) Amen. God bless us. God keep us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Lord. Amen. Amen.